save the world. Take one. Goodbye, Mom! No, what am I saying? What, this? <laughs> it's nothing. Really, it's, uh... It's nothing, Ned. <laughs> it's just, uh... It's just vocal minority with Nick and Steve. We're about ready to get this bitch started. We are? It's really going to happen? Yeah, it's time. We need to do it to save the world. I don't know if we're ready. I don't think I can do it. I'm about to get real angry. We need to start the show. I put all my faith in your offering. Give me a countdown, please. You heard him, Samuel. Do it now. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. We found the groove. Have a good time. Make sure your seatbelts are fastened. Okay, you little bastards. The time has come. The moment we've all been waiting for. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Alaprusky. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get this biatch started. Yeah? It's been long enough. Yeah, it's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Alabruski. And welcome to the program. Thank you for finding this podcast. Download, tell a friend. You know what to do. Exactly. Uh, yeah, back at it. Episode 100 something. Find us online, thevocalminority.net. You can find us on all the social medias. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere else that matters. Yeah, uh, many people have been finding us as of late. Well, I shouldn't say many people, but there have been a select few that we've taken great note of, right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked a couple episodes ago about uh, the fact we got a guy in Seattle that used to be uh, a regular caller when this was a uh, call and talk show back on the radio days. Yeah, so he discovered the show, and I've yet to ask him how he discovered it. I still need to do that. But but he's back. He was a legitimate super fan back in the day, which creeped Nick out a little bit because, you know, you guys live in the same town, I guess. But didn't creep me out for that reason. All right, this guy's a champion. Let's make no mistake. Champion! Yeah. And this tells me, you know, we're, we're getting back in the groove, and we just need the people to find us, and we're still doing our thing. So, yeah, somebody from Seattle uh, has rediscovered us and reached out, but... Bruski, this week we got a we got another super fan. Uh, that's a fact. It is a fact. Oh, uh, a gentleman from Wichita, Kansas. Um, Ooh, he rediscovered us and sent us some notes. Do you want me? Do, should I read them or? Yeah, read them, dude. I at first. Uh, so we were on in Wichita, Kansas, for the listening audience, and uh, in Baltimore, and Baltimore. This. Uh, Wichita was near and dear to us because we started our syndication with this station. And, uh, boy, we had a couple of callers that, you know, crazy cripple. Like, we had a few people that called every week that were actually super fans. And we wondered, will they find us 16, 17 years later? And it seems like some of them are starting to to find us. So that's cool. It's funny because when we were bringing this podcast back, we had a brief debate of, do we still call it the vocal minority, which was what the radio show was called, or do we come up with some new name? And it was actually Nick's wife, Rachel, that said, you know, you guys had fans as the vocal minority. Some of them may recognize the name or be searching you out. And yeah, I kind of thought that was preposterous. The 20 years later, someone would be searching for us. I mean, dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, not it's preposterous, happening. dude. Yeah, it's happening. So, 
on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, this is just in the last day or two. I get a note all of a sudden. Uh, it says, holy fuck, it's so amazing to hear what you guys have been up to. I uh, wrote your website, but don't know uh, if this is quicker. I am so thankful that you're back. I missed you all more than you know. I would talk about you all the time over the last 20 fucking years. <laughs> 20 years? I mean, that, just let that sink in for a minute. Like, I talk about, you know... I talk about like serious shit like that, you know, like you've heard me talking about Dave Matthews for the last 20 years, right? Not about the vocal minority or a, a radio show. I was just having this chat with my son. Uh, he, I got recognized at a restaurant a few years ago. The waitress was like, wait a minute, you're the guy on the radio. And Crosby thought that was so amazing that, that anyone would know who I was. And I was trying to explain to him that fame is relative. You know, someone who's a fan of our show, to, to them, all three of us are famous, quote-unquote. We're on the radio. We're the podcast people. Right. To people that don't listen, to, they have no freaking clue who we are. So, you know, fame is relative. So for Nick to make the example of Dave Matthews, I mean, that's that's very apropos because Dave means something to you. He means nothing to Brewski. So right. you know, fame is relative, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure, dude. So, yeah, he follows up and he says, I told my wife about you guys a bunch and was searching YouTube to see if any of the old clips still exist. And I saw the new show. You guys were so nice to a 20-year-old stoner from Kansas and meant a lot to me. I felt cool and accepted when I really needed it. Oof. Like we actually affected this man's life. Yeah, dude. There, I mean, that's there it is. Uh, well, Steve sent the text, and he was like, "Let that sink in for a minute, dude." And and really, I sat and thought about it. I'm just like, or this is just another uh, way to show you that words, the way you treat people, the way you talk to people, and your words have a lot of power. You know, for yeah. they can be used positive or negative, dude. And uh, the fact that we were able to f make a, a, you know, twenty year old that may have been struggling with certain things feel accepted when he needed that—that's pretty cool. Like, right. what'd you do today? <laughs> you know, like, what have you done today? It is yeah. sometimes so hard doing this sort of show, even on the radio, when people could call in like this guy. Like you, that's still only the vocal minority. It's like two percent of the audience that will ever call in. So, right. Sometimes you wonder, like. Like, am I just wasting my breath with all of these things? Is anyone listening? Is anyone taking this hard? To, like, anyone find it entertaining, funny? And then you get an email and text like this. And he's been catching up on our shows. And he was, sent me a message saying that he's been through some shit in his life in the last 20 years. And he said, hearing all you guys talk about what you've been through is inspiring. Oh, uh -huh. that's nice to say. I mean, that's that's some heavy stuff right there. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's nice to hear. And, uh, yeah, I love to be that. I love to be that person, dude, to be honest with you. I think it's cool as shit because we, when we got together and developed this show, we said, oh, we just want this to be a show where people are listening in on a couple of friends having a conversation mm -hmm. that they can relate to or maybe not relate to but get mad about or whatever but it should be personal like that so to know that it's received that way is pretty great right right i mean well, my previous relationship i got into actual uh, argument with Dottie about you know she's like why do you have to tell all these personal stories 
And I said, that is how you connect with the audience. Anyone can tell the news of the day going on, but when you intertwine your personal stories or when you confess about, you know, a bad breakup, a medical issue, whatever it is, like that is how you endear yourself to the audience. So we are doing it by design and also feels good on our end, by the way. But yeah, this is what we're trying to do to be real and to be honest with the audience. And to think that somebody 20 years ago is still thinking about us and sought us out. And this is, he's, he started over. I mean, he's on episode three right now. He wants to hear it all, just like the Seattle super fan. I mean, that is, that is some humbling shit. And it reminds me that we're doing something correct here, people. Like we've got two of these super fans that have reemerged. It's just going to keep going. Yes, dude. We're saving the world. (laughs) Let's be honest. Okay. I I will say that I, I didn't, I wasn't, I haven't been on the show since you guys started it. I came in, a couple of producers in the reason why I have always enjoyed being on this show is the fact that we keep it real. We right. are who we are. Well, what you hear on the radio or whatever on the podcast, that's who we are. There are some shows out there who create this whole false narrative of what the show actually is. Right. And they have people that play parts and all that sort of thing. You guys have never asked me to do that at all. Right. For better or for worse, right? I mean, we're just that's life, right? Uh, we don't yeah. get to. Yeah, otherwise, well, just mean, we, look at social media. If you want to see just the good stuff, like just look at people's social media. But if you want real, then well, you could tune into our podcast. Yeah, it's the good and the bad. I mean, we've had legitimate arguments on the show. We've had hilarious moments where I'm just you know peeing in my pants because I'm laughing so hard. I've gotten migraines before from laughing, like where I'm, my head starts throbbing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it's because we're keeping it real. Now, the unreal part, quote unquote, is that we drop the filter like you would in normal society, just sitting around talking to people. But that's the fun of it. We just, yeah, we tell real stories and we keep it honest. And, you know, you may not like some of our opinions, but I'll stand by them because I, I believe in it. I'm not just saying it to say it. So just uh, it's our life experience up to this point. All right. Uh, for whatever it may be worth to you, just take it. All right. Uh, I read an article maybe, I don't know, like a year ago that was talking about uh, one of the reasons that uh, terrestrial radio sticks around is uh, based off people's loneliness. Like uh, the radio steps in and brings a friend into a living room of a lonely person. And that loneliness that people have will never go away. And of course it's being duplicated with podcasts, stuff like that, but the radio will never go away. Everyone has access to it, right? It's morphing. You're correct. But yeah, the one-on-one experience will not die. We used to, uh, Early in our career, talk to people on request lines late at night when we worked overnight shifts. And a lot of them were crazy or even institutionalized, right? Yeah. And I used to. Or prisons, yes. Right. Yeah. I used to get people to tell me, like, oh, don't you think you're taking advantage of those people, like laughing at them? Uh, no, I don't. First of all, I've become a friend to this person. And there was a lady named Connie Dahl, dude, that adored yeah. me. Okay. She was in a mental institution. She was crazy, but she called me every night and I talked to her like she was a human being. And did I laugh at her sometimes when she did funny shit? Sure. But like, there's, there's just, there's no substitute for, 
talking to somebody and being a, a friend or saying, you know, what that person's going through and acknowledging that. Like, it's cool that he wrote in and told you all that, because most of the time listeners won't get that frank with you and be like, yo, this is what you did for me. It is where the term the vocal minority came from, that uh, it's a well-known fact in the world of radio that only 2% of the audience will ever pick up a phone and call a radio station. So you've got to extrapolate from that, you know, what those 2% are saying. There's another 98% that are on some level of that spectrum. There are other super fans out there that will never contact us. We've had a guy in Wichita listening since the first episode. He has yet to come forward. No matter how many times we've asked this person to tell us who you are, how'd you find it? He's listened to every episode, but he's never come forward. Never. And there's something great about that. I'm glad. I'm almost glad he doesn't come forward, dude. Right. I know, I know you're out there, pal. It's a broadcasting principle that you're talking to the masses, but that's not how you address people. It's a one-on-one experience on their end. So you just want to talk to one person, even though there might be 20 or a thousand or a million people listening. You you just talk to people one-on-one. When the three of us got into radio, you know, I know all our instructors or mentors did this. Oh, hey, when you're on the radio, hey, put this picture up of, you know, this person that you're talking to so you can get that relationship going as a one-on-one thing. That's what it's all about, really. Yeah, we had a DJ in Seattle that had a mannequin head that he would sit on the council and just talk to the mannequin head. (laughs) It certainly looked creepy, but that's how he was able to, you know, envision that in his head. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I had I had a, a guy's show in Seattle that I produced um, at the sports station, and I used to like to keep my lights dim in my studio where the control board was yeah. because it's 6 in the morning. I've been up since 3.30. I don't want to have bright lights on or anything like that, but he would hit the talk back button, and he'd be like, can you turn your lights up a little bit? I want to be able to look through the glass and see you so that when I'm talking – I at least have someone that I'm I'm looking at, right. and, sure. and he, you know, and so same thing, you know. It's what's uh, easy, quote unquote, about this show is that we are actually friends, so we all just can sit here and talk to each other like we normally would. There was a yeah. show, the, the episode where the bat chased me out of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so great, and we included this in the podcast, you know, go search it out. But we did the actual podcast, and then I got run out of the studio by the bat, and we technically stopped the show. You guys signed off, but the, the tape was still rolling. So then I, got a, I came back in the studio at some point, or I was on the phone with you guys, and there is no difference between us three talking off air after we thought the show was done and the <laughs> way we talk on air. That's so true, I dude. I put that all in that podcast that's on all the websites. So. <laughs> So, yeah, you can kind of see that. that It doesn't matter if we think we're on air or not. This is just how we are. Yeah. No, 100%. So, yeah, definitely cool to hear. Now, you're a part of this podcast, so welcome to it. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Ola Bruski, you can communicate with this show, too. We have a webpage, thevocalminority.net, and find our social medias right there. Yep, find our social medias and the website. Unless you're a woman I'm about to start dating, then please don't, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Steve's making great strides in what he's doing here. Yes, I am trying. And, uh, you know, last dating round, uh, I put the entire dating world thing out there, and it mildly backfired. Apparently, women don't like to be marginalized and treated like contestants on a you know, game <laughs> on show. On a game show, no, uh, no, being referred to as number one, number two, or number three. <laughs> Yeah, baby, you made it to the top three. <laughs> what else do you want? I remember at one time, dude, that when you were you were dating a girl and seeing her maybe once or twice a week, 
and you were still having one, two, and three, and she was like, am I still in the top? She asked you, am I still in the top three? Yes. Oh, and then, of course, eventually, I met others in the top three and liked one of them better, and then I had to tell this woman, like, yeah, I did meet the rest of the top three, and you and I are going to be done right now. I'm sorry for that. So, it's brutal. That dating world is brutal. Every time Steve sends me something, by the way, on dating, if I'm sitting there on the couch, maybe Rachel and I are watching TV, like, she'll see me on my phone doing something and just know what my face looks like. She's like, what's so funny or what's wrong? Uh, I'll say, oh, I'm just hearing about Steve's dating. And, you know, I'll tell her, like, you know, here's this girl from, you know, Tahoe, blah, blah, blah. She'll be like, oh, thank you for marrying me so i don't have to go through this like you you should feel really lucky we don't have to go through this and i do dude it's Amen. tough for you guys yes i'm glad you guys are taking that from this like i enjoy sharing this stuff with you because i need someone to have my back as i go through this crazy adventure but dating absolutely effing sucks i don't want to have to be doing this but i have no choice so yeah i hope every time i message you about one of these women you're just like take that little bit extra care of rachel yeah, Just solidify right. that a little more, <laughs> right, dude? Yeah, no, for it's, sure. It is I mean. not fun. There's a fun element, I guess, to this, but not really. It sucks. One of the uh, uh, girls that Steve has kind of matched up with, at least to have conversations with, not met yet, but uh, she is a Christian. And if you listen to the podcast, then you know that Steve is, what do you consider yourself, agnostic or what? I would say staunchly agnostic slash uh, verbally berating towards most religions. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, I I mentioned that we have real discussions on the show and we've gotten in some real fights and nine out of ten of them seem to, you know, center around around religion because i have some pretty strongly held views on the topic and you know in real life am i going around starbucks you know spouting this stuff no but here on the show yeah i let it fly and you know we've had some good debates and arguments and everything else but it set up a dangerous precedent in my real life right now where yeah i met this woman who is in my little small town never in my last four years of dating have i met someone in this town and she's Checks all the boxes, right age range, you know, she, she's a mother, but her kids are older. Uh, she's, you know, really good looking, and, but she's a Christian. Goes to and church I, every Sunday, Christian. So, yes. And uh, what sort of church? It's the one where they sing, not Pentecostal or whatever, but they Christian fellowship. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's fellowship, dude. They sit in the crowd with their hands raised. Oh, so she's a music fan. Raised. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look at that. No, I just hate that I've met a woman who checks all these boxes, but then I'm like, fuck, she's religious. And I hate that. And I told Nick, add this to the list of stuff that religion has screwed up in my life. Like, now I've got a woman I'm actually interested in, but, uh, religion. Like, the only thing worse would be being a Trump supporter. But what is her definition of what is a sin? What is her definition? You know, is she okay with gay people getting married? Is she going to judge me if I'm smoking pot? Like, what level of religion? Because there is a lot of different levels. You two being a a phenomenal example of it. You guys have decided. But you're not preaching at me. Yeah, Steve decided that there is a level of uh, religion that he can deal with in a relationship. So he's going to see where things go. But you brought up the fact that you need to learn certain things about her uh, as far as like, is it okay for gay people to get married? You know, are you just an asshole or are you religious on some level? Yeah. Am I, is it a pipe dream for me to think this woman will be like, you can sin all you want. Like, I'm going to go to church Sundays. Like, I'm not going to judge you. 
<laughs> that sounds. I mean, funny to me. just saying it out loud. A religious person not judging me just sounds preposterous. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to see what it is, dude. Let me tell you this. I my my thought is is that I like where you're going. I like you're gonna you know inspect a little bit here, but it will not come without some. If it works. It will not come without some hardships at some point in time. So I would recommend knowing how you're going to talk about those things. If you could talk about them, dude, and have conversation back and forth, then I think you could be okay. Yeah. Why is it implied that I have to bend to her beliefs? Is there no it's chance not. that I could convince this woman otherwise? Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure there is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think there could be, you know, depending how strong uh, uh, she is, you know, uh, involved in religion. Some people are just staunch. This the Bible says this. This is what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, that seems to be fading in America in a lot of respects. Uh, there are different colors of the religious rainbow. Um, yes. But yeah, and how verbose are you about it? Do you talk yeah. about it? Do you judge people? Do you push it out? Do you invite them to church? Blah 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 blah. I don't remember what comedian it was, but I told Nick recently that this is his joke: that religion is like a dick. It's fine if you have one, just don't wave it in my face. Right. And I think yeah. that's true. Like if yeah. it's something that you do, do you're like fine, but don't start judging me and preaching at me. You know. So who knows? But you, uh, you brought up with me uh, that you used to have a girlfriend years ago uh, that had some sort of antique family relic that was had some religious overtones to it in your house, and you didn't want to see it every day. So it's just like little stuff that you would have to work out with her to yes. res- respect each other. You respect know? each other, yeah. It's funny. I swear to God, I must have been abused uh, in a church in a past life. And I don't necessarily mean sexually. Maybe I was burned on the cross or drowned in the river because I was a witch or something. I don't know what it is. But when I walk into a church, the stained glass artwork, the architecture of a church, it just brings some deep down, like, I just feel uncomfortable immediately. It's uh, God telling you to get your soul right. <laughs> you know, like uh, that's what they get Catholic guilt, dude. We all feel that a little bit. Right. And yeah, an ex of mine had a Catholic candle thing. What are those freaking candles? I don't even know. What are those things about? Well, I don't know what it was. It was one of the saints on those glass candle things. They oh, the candle or whatever. Like. Yeah, that's uh, she had it for, uh, you know, I thought it was like an old family member. So yeah, her grandpa gave it to her or something. So she kept it around. But I told her, like, can you put that in a deep, dark corner? Like just the stain because it had the stained glass thing on it. Just something just deep in me just is disturbed by it. Catholic people light candles when the, sometimes when people die, will light a candle. Yeah. Uh, uh, but if we're going to say a prayer like a. Uh, there's a spot in the church that holds, you know, maybe 40 votives that you can yeah. walk up to and it's got a little pedestal to kneel on. You light a candle. If my dad died, I would light a candle and then sit down and pray as the candle's burning, you know, okay. Could have been something like that. But it's so that if no one's dead, put the candle away. I mean, come on. Well, but there are also there are also candles <laughs> that are dedicated to particular saints that, yeah. that you might um, light the candle for. Uh, much like a like a St. Christopher medal, a lot of cops carry those. Yeah. Nikki know, has one on right now, dude. Come on. Oh. Hey, look, I haven't had this necklace off for over 15 years. I mean, I, I've never, I haven't taken it off, except to get an MRI, something like that. And yeah. this is my point. We all are simpatico. Do we have some debate slash arguments? Yeah. But are we all still BFFs after? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the girls I dated last year, the Valley Girl, who I told you guys, I mean, we partied like, I told you the New Year's Eve story. I felt like Jim yeah. Morrison. 
bottle yes. of steel in one hand and taking bong hits and banging all night. She yeah. went to church every Sunday. That was just fine. So, you know. We'll to see. ask for forgiveness. And- <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, listen, whatever works for you. That's right, right, dude. That's what it is. Whatever works for you. Uh, but it brings, brings us the topic of, like, what is the sin or not? And, and Nick brought up an interesting list that I thought we should talk about. These are just a compilation of acts that are condemned by society, but not explicitly labeled as sins in the Bible. Okay. Okay. So uh, this is what Steve always talks about. Am I morally a good person? Do I keep my contracts with society that I shouldn't kill people, that I shouldn't do bad shit? Yes. Uh, So a lot of those, oh, you get rid of them. I mean, that's that's what sin is. It's those moral contracts we make with each other to live in a in a healthy society. Right. Yes. I will tell you, I remember in Seattle once, I, 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 had, I debated religion with people all the time on the overnights, like you were saying, taking calls off the air. There was this one guy I was debating, and I started to realize the only reason this guy was not raping and robbing and murdering was because he had a fear of God. And I told him, you know what, dude? You're right. Jesus is real. God is real. <laughs> if that's what you need to not be a terrible person, then oof, that scares me, but okay. Most of us just have a moral compass because we were raised in a you know, society. But I've the explained to my kids that that is why religion started. Think about it. Yeah. A long time ago, we were all living in unruly masses and little villages, and the strong would take from the weak. I want your wife. I want your food. Like, they would just take. And we had to teach them, like, you can't just rob and rape. Well, why not? I can do it. I'm stronger than you. Well, because there's this afterlife. There's a heaven and there's a hell. They had to instill a moral compass in people when there was none because society wasn't advanced enough to be teaching morals from the ground up. It wasn't civilized, dude. I mean, it was not. So if that's what you need to not be raping people, then fine. Yes, Jesus is real. All is good. The biggest hypocrisy in religion shocks me because i think that it is judgment of others who don't think exactly like you do uh when one of the tenets of religion is to not judge other people right but yeah we can judge if you know they're not religious like us supposedly god will it, judge you not anyone else that's you, right. is it a coincidence the top 10 list the 10 commandments is pretty much you know, don't fuck my wife, don't steal my stuff, don't eat all the food. Like, it, it right. is civilized society. Those were your concerns. Don't eat all the food. Don't screw my wife. Don't murder yeah. me. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, we had to set something up. So. Yeah. so in modern society, yes. Tell me, what are some of our moral compass issues that the Bible somehow skipped over? Uh, the Bible has often been invoked as the ultimate moral authority in numerous debates and its importance to recognize that its teachings have been shaped and inspired by historical and cultural factors. Here is the list that we as a society have created mm-hmm. celebrating birthdays. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, <laughs> the, the Bible is that on the list. That is, yeah, celebrating <laughs> yes, birthdays. Will, That's right. Well, I will, I will say that their Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate birthdays. Uh-huh. Growing up, we had we had some Jehovah's Witnesses kids at our at our school, and yes, that was one can. thing is that they on top of not celebrating Christmas, 
They also didn't celebrate birthdays. Yes. Every holiday, every birthday, this one kid in my class had to go to the library for an hour while the rest of us, you know, passed around cupcakes for Tommy's birthday. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, That's celebrating so. birthdays, dude. The Bible does mention birthday celebration in a neutral context. Uh, but as far as uh, uh, us celebrating it here, there's no reason that we do it. There's no clear moral directive associated with the act of celebrating birthdays itself. I'm sorry. What is Christmas about, according to the religious origins? Isn't it that? Isn't that yeah. somebody's birthday that day? Well, I mean, you know what? That's another fake thing. Like that's if you believe in the story of Jesus, that yeah. that's not Jesus's actual birthday. No, I, I've not. heard that is true. Yes. Yeah. However, we don't actually know if there was a dude that called himself Jesus because the first writings of that guy were a hundred years later. Like, there's no way to prove. That, that Jesus was an actual guy, whether he was the son of God or not, is obviously a separate case. But it's right. highly debatable if there was actually a prophet running around calling himself Jesus or not. But, well, see, but yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, Christmas is celebrating the birth of Christ. So isn't that celebrating a birthday? Yeah. No, no, I get, I get the hypocrisy in it all. Uh, all right, let's see what this one says. Uh, how about... Wait a tab- minute. What are we saying? Society is... De- I'm so lost. So the Bible said, I thought we were saying things that society has deemed as a sin, but the Bible did not. Uh, uh, Condemned by a religious society, but the Bible doesn't say anything about it. I see. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, there's strong argument that the Bible doesn't even actually talk about it. Like we heard, uh, I played a pastor for you guys last week that was talking, and he was like, Bible doesn't even talk about Jesus' views on being gay. You know, but, you know, the Bible is so easy to cherry pick and interpret because all the Bible is is an interpretation time and time again of people, you know, uh, reading this old book, New Testament, Old Testament, this, it's been that. rewritten by humans that the Bible teaches us are inherently flawed. All right. How about uh, do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves? We might be addressing mourning ta- uh, rites or practices rather than the decorative tattoos of today. It's essentially to con- uh, contextualize ancient directives. What about tattoos? Not well, in the Bible, but religious people, for a long time anyway, have said, like, hey, don't do this. Ruski, you're a sinner. What do you think about that? You got tattoos all <laughs> but, over you. <laughs> yeah, well, but the thing about it, though, is that I've only ever heard Jewish people say that that they weren't allowed to get tattooed because that that's that's in the torah and also it's in the old testament maybe about market which comes from the torah which talks about tattoos on the body and that sort of thing so i've never heard anybody christian or catholic saying that tattoos were forbidden uh that's a great uh point of just saying how you can interpret things because i guess i could just say you know what uh you're not supposed to uh ruin your temple brewski so tattoos are bad, you know. Uh, I can interpret it, I guess, I'm, any way I want to. I'm just, I'm just redecorating it. That's all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why, no. Why is God such a buzzkill? I can't have tattoos. I can't have premarital sex. Like, I don't on. know that God's a buzzkill, dude. Shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> I think that. I mean, Jesus is the dude turning water into wine. I mean, come on. What are you talking about? We shouldn't be drinking. Yes. Well, I mean, and they also haven't hung out with Boston Catholics because I'll tell you what. Boston Catholics will drink anybody under the table. There you go, dude. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is is true. What sounds like more fun, heaven or hell? I mean, hell sounds like more fun, right? (laughs) 
Well, think about it this way, dude. Because this is well, I'll ask you to think about it this way because it's only how I think about it. But like, uh, hey, a night of partying is so much fun. But then that next day of just headache, hell, and body crush, I'm trying to keep from that day. So if I just moderately have a party and I still feel good the next day, I don't want to go sit in hell for eternity. All right, I don't want to be there forever. Come it's on. like Brewski saying that, you know, some religious types think that oral and anal sex is not sex. So, hey, right. we can do that. <laughs> well, it's like the yeah. Mormons and soaking, dude. Uh, you know, you're not, uh, you know, the Mormons soak, which is crazy to me that they think, oh, if another guy's jumping on the bed making my my Peter pump, uh, that, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yes. I have long held. If my dick is inside of a woman, it's sex. No matter the orifice. Right. Yeah. Now, Even a back fat roll, like Bruce, was talking about last episode. Yeah. Flesh is surrounding my flesh, then it's sex, people. <laughs> How about uh, the art of uh, playing cards? All right. Uh, oh, yeah. The issue some religious groups have is not with the cards themselves, but with the potential association with gambling, which can lead to destructive behaviors. The Bible warns against the love of money, but doesn't mention card games. I can't yeah, gamble. I can't have tattoos. Like, Why is there no fun in the Bible? Why? But even in the Quran, they, they actually say that gambling is forbidden, and, and also you can't have playing cards. You're not supposed to be able to smoke. Can't right. drink alcohol. Although the Quran, I think, properly incentivizes you because don't you get ninety nine virgins when you go to heaven? Oh, and, and yeah, that but religion? you know what though? I I don't want a virgin, <laughs> let alone ninety nine virgins. <laughs> have you ever taken someone's virginity? I don't think so. No, I, I have, and you know what? They, they follow you around like crazy. It's like herpes. <laughs> you can't get rid of them. They they just latch on and they they won't let you go. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And on top of that, they don't know what they're doing. And, and you got to, like, tell them what to do. And then, wow. and then it's, like, half-assed and I'm doing a good job. You're this like, is why Billie Eilish is the modern-day prophet. All the good girls go to hell. If they're doing it right, yep, they're going to go to hell. And that's yeah. why I don't be <laughs> with the good girls, not the inept virgins up in heaven. These are yeah, good exactly. points for making. I'm, I'm all set with like, no virgins. Yes. Okay. How could you even tolerate the next one? Uh, dancing is on the list here. David's dance before the ark and to Samuel was an act of worship. However, it's worth nothing that certain dances might be considered inappropriate if they provide lust or other negative feelings. Uh, why else are we dancing, dude? I mean, aren't we dancing to uh, spread joy and to maybe have a little sexy time, move with somebody one-on-one? You know what I mean? Listen, this goes back to my Jenna Ortega argument that when she did the Wesley Adams dance and I, I got admonished for saying it was sexy, dancing is inherently sexy. It's supposed to be. I mean, it's rhythmic movement based on, you know, the music and the there, it, dancing exudes sexuality to me. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's why, you know, the Bible might uh, frown on it. But if you're doing it right, that's uh, it's a good thing. I've gotten sucked into some TikTok videos from this dance groups that they're always dancing in the Bee Gees and stuff. But there's this one blonde in there that, damn, I mean, the way she danced, it's just freaking sexy. You remember, uh, let's roll back to 1984. Ren McCormick. When Mr. Kevin Bacon, a.k.a. Ren McCormick, gave his speech. I think Mr. McCormick has a right to be heard. From the oldest of times, people danced for a number of reasons. They danced in prayer or so that their crops would be plentiful or so their hunt would be good, and they danced to stay physically fit 
and show their community spirit. And they danced to celebrate. That is the dancing that we're talking about. Aren't we told in Psalm 149, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Let them praise his name in the dance. Amen. Amen. And it was King David who, who we read about in, in Samuel. And, and, and what did David do? What did David do? What did David do? David <laughs> danced before the Lord with all his might. Leaping, leaping and dancing before the Lord. Leaping and dancing. Ren McCormick goes back and quotes all these Bible scriptures because, yeah, we want to dance. This is what we were made to do. We're, we're sexual. We're human. We're beings. Come on. We got to dance, dude. I feel like I, this list of the reasons not to be religious because society is okay with everything we've listed so far, but somehow the Bible is trying to guilt trip everyone into not doing these things. I, do you know anyone like this? Maybe the girl I'm about to go on a date with, she might say. Christine, <laughs> <laughs> do you know people that say tattoos are bad, dancing's bad? No, but I, th- but I mean, you get some religious folks that will warn you against drinking or gambling and that, and that sort of thing. But, you know, usually you're just like, okay, whatever, Buzz Killington, we'll, we'll see you later, you know? Exactly, exactly. Well, these are uh, very extreme. Like even this next one is seems to be more Amish to me than anything because it's watching movies or TV. All right, <laughs> don't fuck uh. a horse. <laughs> hey, dude, that's not in way. there. <laughs> but uh, focusing on pure and commendable things can apply to a modern media choice. The form of entertainment isn't the issue, but the content and its influence might be. There's a huge difference between fantasy and reality, so I think it's okay to watch scary movies or dateline serial killer stuff. You know, we can't just live in a bubble. I can't have you taking away my episodes of Barney Miller. I just can't have that happening. No, we don't want to try and do that to you, Bruski. You're safe. How about, uh, this is a good one to think about, celebrating non-Christian holidays. Romans suggested that individuals decide for themselves which days to honor. Respecting cultural celebrations is different from endorsing any associated religious practices. So, yeah, it is uh, always funny to me. This year at, uh, let me see how I can put this. This year at a friend of mine's work, okay, they wanted to put a Christmas tree uh, the, uh, my friend had a Christmas tree and they were like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'll bring it to work so the office can enjoy it. Uh, somebody in that office caught wind of it and was like, that's religious. I don't want a Christmas tree in here. And uh, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Do you celebrate non-Christian holidays? Or are you staunch about it? First of all, when I see a Christmas tree, dude, I don't think of religion for the most part. That's just mass marketing Santa. You know, like, I've had people say, if you're not religious, you're agnostic. Why do you celebrate Christmas? Because to me, Christmas is about Santa Claus and reindeer. It's not about the birth of Jesus. Um, same with Easter. It's about Easter Bunny and hunting for Easter eggs. It's got nothing to do with resurrecting some god. Like you, you do know where that comes from, don't you? What Easter actually? So there's actually a pagan holiday in the spring that actually is celebrating a goddess named Esther. E O S T R E. She's the goddess of fertility. Mm. So if you think about it, bringing new life, and then that where the where the Easter bunnies come from? Well, what are rabbits known for? Just banging, just banging and, and, like and, rabbits. Then, but, and then also eggs. 
Yeah. Like if Easter eggs, it's fertility. That that's what it, it all comes from a pagan holiday celebrating that particular goddess. And yeah. I, I'm probably saying the name incorrectly, but it's spelled E O S T R E. Yeah. I, I my point is like if the holiday is religious to you, then that's why you're celebrating it. But most sure. holidays are not. I don't know if we blame Hallmark for that or what, but <laughs> no holiday to me that I celebrate has anything to do with religion. I could care less. Valentine's Day doesn't, dude. No, no. Just St. Patrick's Day, Thanksgiving. I don't care. None of it has anything to do with anything. Right. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, St. Patrick's Day, uh, you know, that, that's... That's St. about St. getting shit-faced. Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Food. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you, can, you can worship a bottle of booze. Right. Yeah. How, uh, this is an interesting one because, uh, well, we've all done it. The living together before marriage. Oh, yeah. I think, dude, and I'm going to tell you, as an expert, all right, I've lived yeah. with a few women in my lifetime. Uh, I would never marry one that I didn't live with first, just to be right. honest with you. I mean, I've said that so many times that not only is it stupid to marry somebody you've never lived with, but can you imagine marrying somebody you never had sex with? That is not a horny guy talking. I'm talking about the fact that sexual compatibility is a core element of a successful relationship could you imagine waiting until your wedding night to find out that she's a you know cold fish in bed and like what did i just do it's irresponsible to not explore these things before you get married since that is supposed to be a lifelong commitment i just can't even imagine uh not being able to learn stupid stuff uh oh do you keep your bedroom messy uh, what side of the bed do you sleep on? Do you brush yes. your teeth before you go to bed? Like, there's all kinds of things that I need to see. All right, do you pick up after yourself? Because after all, you're going to be a lifelong roommate. So I'm interviewing, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't think that that's a good one that they're pushing. What about eating pork, uh, Cousin Brewski? Uh, oh, I mean, eating pork. I'm all for it. <laughs> me too. It's the other white meat, dude. I eat a ton I, of pork. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go to a Chinese restaurant. There's so many choices. Holy crap. That's true. Some of these things are silly. Uh, what what do you either of you know what the pork thing or where the hell does that even come from? So so back in in again, it goes back to the old days before there was refrigeration and freezers and things like that. There used to be a thing called trichinosis, which if you didn't cook pork enough then you could actually contract that, which mean, which explains why growing up, my mother, whenever she cooked pork chops, completely cooked them until they were like rubber because yeah. of that, that's what they, they taught everybody. You had to yeah. overcook pork, but you don't have to. This goes to my original theory of religion was formed because people in an unruly society were too dumb for their own good. You they couldn't just tell them not to rape your wife or to eat all the food. You had to come up with some religious reason. So people were dying from eating tainted pork, so they put it in the Bible. Don't, don't eat pork. You know? Don't eat pork. It's bad, dude. Couldn't just tell you to cook it thoroughly. <laughs> they have to say God will frown on you if you do it. Or just smoke it to preserve it. You know what I mean? How about uh, drinking alcohol in moderation? Proverbs 21 warns against excessive drinking. No, Jesus turned the water into wine. Did he just sip it responsibly? Excess in moderation. That's what I always say. Yes. Yeah, there's other passages that say it's okay to drink wine with a joyful heart. All right. Yeah, joyful. Partying. Come on. That's a party. That's a celebration, dude. So there again, if you're partying and having fun with your wine, great. But if you're sitting home alone, just binge drinking bad. Can't just yeah. teach you that. We got to put the fear of God into you. Is it bad to, to be sitting in a dark room by yourself, depressed and drinking? Because, I mean, 
That's at least half my life. Right. It I've been is? enjoying that, quite frankly, these past several months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that is that true, or are you being funny? No. Why do the guy? Why do I mean right here next to me within four feet? I've got two bottles of whiskey right here. Yeah, but do you turn the lights down low and, and oh, yeah. be depressed and drink? Uh, on a, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean it depends. Huh. This time of year, especially, is, is always gets gets kind of tough. But as we get more towards the spring and the summer, it, it kind of cuts back a little bit. But it's that's a seasonal depression. House. Yeah, right. You know. I get it. Brewski, be careful. I don't want you to be sad. That makes my heart hurt, dude. Uh, I'm, uh, you know what, Brewski? What about women wearing pants? Are you for it or against it? This is just getting stupid. I would, I would, <laughs> I would, Everyone I knows would, I'm not in favor of women wearing pants. I prefer you pants off, quite frankly. Right. I mean, well, exactly. Take them off. Yeah. I can't believe I'm doing this with my pants off. Yeah, well, just take them off, dude. It's a problem, for crying out loud. Uh-huh. Uh, because I got a list that contrasts this as to why people may not actually be religious anymore. That's already pointed it out. Let's go into it because the rest of these are all this kind of ridiculous thing. Women wearing pants, women having opinions, women voting. Like, you know, these are on this list. Women. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know some of those were on there. Women well, not you know, making sandwiches. This list is crazy. <laughs> well, you know, back in the back in the 50s and before, there was a duty by men to spank their wives and not in a fun kind of way. Yeah, no, as a, as a form of corp, uh, uh, punishment, you know. Yeah. Damn right. So I have a list here of uh, reasons why in this modern era people are no longer religious, and it, it just it all makes sense. I mean, not only the absurdity of some of these things we just ran through, but, you know, it's a modern society. Information's out there. Uh, example I poke fun at all the time, scandals and broken trust. You know, in these past decades— some of the things that have been going on in the church, I would assume for a millennia, are now actually, you know, being put out in the news. People talk about, uh, yeah, whether it's, you know, financial corruption in a church, you know, the pastor that's got the mega jet, but, you know, is not giving anything to the poor. Or, yeah, Catholic priests molesting kids. I mean, there's been a lot of scandals that have come to light that back in the old day of a corrupt church and government would never have seen the light of day. Oh, for sure. Pat Robertson's like a great, uh, a great example of some of the things that that guy said. If uh, you know who Pat Robertson is, sure, yeah, he's an evangelical preach guy. Yeah, and and now he's dead. But uh, oh, here, let's. You want to hear what he sounded like? This is some of the things that he told you. Okay, you've got a couple of uh, same-sex guys kissing. You like that? Well, that makes me want to throw up. To me, I would punch vomit, not lie. <laughs> there isn't one single civilization that has survived that has openly embraced homosexuality. I'm talking about the cheating. He cheated on you. Well, he's a man. Okay. What is this mac and cheese? Is that a black thing? It is a black thing, Pat. I'm not <laughs> sure I would serve pizzas for a gay wedding. Well, most gays, if they're having a wedding, don't want pizzas. They want cake. It's the cake makers that are having the problem. The gays are going to get it. They're going to make you conform to them. You're going to say you like anal sex, you yeah. like oral sex, yeah. you like bestiality, you yeah. like anything you can think of, that to whatever it is, and sooner or later you're going to have to conform your religious beliefs to the group of some aberrant thing. It, 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 it won't stop at homosexuality. No, it won't. Oh. 
then women are going to want the right to speak. I mean, it's, it's a <laughs> the rabbit hole we go down. Seems so, logical. Right. So, yeah, scandals, that makes sense as to why some people may be religious. And then something else I was just kind of referencing, uh, the free flow of information. You know, most people having a, a smartphone, internet access at their fingertips. It's easy to explore other religions or fact check some of this stuff or see that being gay is not bad. Like when you yeah. have access to information, you know, so many conservatives hate colleges because they feel that they're liberal indoctrination, you know, factories. I've always said, no, you're exposing kids to facts and then they start to rethink some of the garbage you've been teaching them. Well, and you, you, the access to information is, I mean, that's crazy to think about, right? Because, you know, other than, I think Bible is number two all-time book, you know, of sure. popularity. Number, of gray is number one, Bible's number two. Number one is Art of the Deal, from what I heard but uh, <laughs> by Donald Trump. But the Bible comes in a close second. And when's the last time you went into a hotel? I mean, uh, you always find it right there in the nightstand. When people did not have access to information, this is the book time and time again that they had access to. Yeah. And anytime I want to roll a joint in a hotel room, I go media for that uh, Gideon's Bible. Have you ever done it? Absolutely. I just find it ironic, you know. You do know that friend of the program, Doug Stanhope, when he goes to hotels while he's on the road, he actually steals the Bibles and he autographs them and sells them at his merch table. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that's nice. Huh. And, you know, on the topic of free-flowing of information, do you ever wonder why, if you look back in history, every continent had their own kind of religion? Because back then, you couldn't share the information. No one could communicate across. So... You know, a landlocked people, they each came up with their own little religion. Before Pangea, that is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we think about Pangea when we could walk wherever we wanted to go, Stephen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next on this list, uh, negative experiences with religion. Uh, bad experiences, religious trauma have led people to question religion. And I don't think they're just talking about molestations. They're talking about everything we just ran through. Oh, I can't dance. I can't gamble. I can't drink. Like, no <laughs> veto there's been videos that have come out uh you know in the last five years where you see like um these priests baptizing a baby and the baby's crying through the uh, the service and the priest will smack the baby you know to get it to shut up like yeah, you are start the- you're starting to that? see you didn't see that I'll have to send you the video i mean uh, this baby, yeah, is just crying too much for the priest, and he smacks him. There's all kinds of bad experiences that one can have with religion at church that are far above and beyond even molestation. Dude. There's a lot of power control in church yeah. that gets abused okay. constantly. Well, mm-hmm. let's 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 think about bris. What is it? A bris, which Cut is someone's which is, foreskin off. Exactly, circumcision. Yeah. yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, the baby can't can't talk for himself you know the 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 parents bring the baby and the moil you know snips the foreskin off there are a lot of people that are non-jewish that also participate in that but again i mean now you're even for religious purposes you're pushing something onto a child that who knows if they want that or not i'm circumcised i got my son circumcised i'm not religious i just don't want a woman to freak out when he whips his dick out for the first time do you are you do you have a pouch brewski uh, or are you circumcised? No, 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 no. It's it, it's a it's a it's a crew neck, not a turtleneck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you not circumcised? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what, that's what a crew neck is. Like a t-shirt, 
like this, as opposed to a turtleneck, which like bunches up and everything like that. Yeah. So turtleneck would be someone that's uncircumcised. Crew neck would be, you uh, know, circumcised. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. I got lost. So my I, dad... I never knew that. There was a, a woman I dated years ago who asked me one time, so do you have a crew neck or a turtleneck? And I was like, I think I'm not, I'm not wearing a turtleneck right now. No. I prefer flannel. No, dummy. I that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I had no clue. When I, I've told you guys before that my dad used to walk around our house naked when I was a kid. Dude, yeah, my, dad, oh my dad was uncircumcised. Okay. Oh. Uh, and I would always, uh, me and my brothers would always say like, oh, put the anteater away. Please put the <laughs> anteater away. No. Yeah. It's yeah, a turn off in porn. I'll tell you that much. I don't. It's more and more common. Well, because so much porn comes from Europe and Russia and whatnot, where it's not as common of a practice over there. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that. Well, um, you know, I've talked before about that. You know, a lot of people, you, you guys being on the list, you you learned religion from your family. It was something that was introduced to you. And there's some comfort in the community of it that, you know, you go to church as all, all my friends and family, my teachers are here. Like there's something comforting about that. Correct. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's yeah. a community to a, a ritualistic, you know, warmth and comfort. Yeah. But one of the reasons people are less religious nowadays is because of the opposite, the rise of uh, people being atheist or agnostic. Enough of us have come forward to say, like, you don't actually have to be religious, that other people have been like, oh, I didn't even realize that was really an option. Like, there, there's comfort in numbers. So the more atheist and agnostics there are, that, that group keeps growing. I think now uh, atheists actually outnumber individual religious groups if you add all the religions together you guys still dwarf us but if you look at just catholics christians judas uh, judaism Muslim, like yeah the number of atheists actually outnumber in america anyways oh, okay yeah. so i was gonna say there, yeah. there are a lot of muslims around the world yeah. yeah no here in america so that makes sense to me uh changing views on morality you know like premarital sex is not that bad tattoos is not just for gangsters and uh, harley davidson's and stuff like as we've adjusted our views on morality people start to question like well then why would i be part of a club that admonishes these things do you still uh see people with tattoos and look down on them steve uh no i mean no uh i have a thing with women like i used to always say like i just love the pure naked body like why would you mess that up with you know a tattoo but in this day and age finding a woman without a tattoo that's the the struggle so you know yeah just get I, a good I, tattoo please i was gonna say i will look down on somebody with bad tattoos i hate all the disney hanna-barbera tattoos stuff like that i'm just like, oh, oh i'm talking about like like do? crap ass like uh tribal tattoos Ugh, yeah. you know stuff like that you know yeah you, you know what the best place to see bad tattoos is where poolside in las vegas holy oh. crap man you can see some really bad tattoos there and there's all just, kinds of uh tribal and japanese writing i mean you'll find it all yeah and it's this cheeseburger and i think they think it means strength yeah, right. this is one of the reasons. <laughs> right. I, yeah, this is one of the reasons I've always been hesitant to get a tattoo because I have seen that tattoo is an art form, and art often evolves over time. So yeah, now we laugh at people with tribal armbands or the tramp stamp uh, above their butt crack. Like I've always been afraid of getting some artwork that will not age well. Tattoos used to always be standalone things, just one little image. Now it's more common to have a whole, you know, mosaic, a um, uh, collage of things and. You know, where's it going to be in 10 years, 20 years? 
That's why oh, wow. uh, I try and just keep mine all too personal. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go with any trends on my with my for my tattoos. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's I won't cool. go with them. I just won't. Do you have anything yeah. you regret, Bruski? A tattoo? Um, the shamrock on my left arm. The only thing I regretted about that was I let I let that butcher even go near my arm whatsoever. It's he turned permanent. my arm into hamburger. Now, fortunately, many years later, I had it fixed and it looks a lot better now. But I will tell you, that guy turned my forearm into hamburger. Yeah. I had a friend uh, just out of high school. He was a big fan of the band Biohazard. You remember them, Bruce? Yeah. He got a Biohazard tattoo. And I was like, you think that's going to age well? You think Biohazard's going to stand the test of time? (laughs) It really seems a little obvious that uh, that would have been a bad idea. if If it's just a Biohazard symbol, though, I mean, that you might be able to, I mean, it kind of looks dangerous and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could just symbolize that you have venereal diseases, too. Like, <laughs> I'm a biohazard, baby. Punishment. Uh, the next thing on the list of why some people are religion, you know, LGBTQ inclusivity. You know, so many of us yeah. have come to realize being gay is not a bad thing. It's not creepy. It's fine. So then you have a hard time accepting an organization that, for the most part, you know, frowns on it. In case anybody doesn't know, God calls it an abomination. I don't think so. The Pope is even saying, you know, he's had to come out and continue to defend uh, him trying to bless same-sex marriages, you know. Uh, People are still up in arms about it. So, yeah, the religious communities, uh, some of them don't want to get on board with it. But the tides are turning. People that have never watched lesbian porn, clearly. It's a beautiful thing. Come on, people. Yeah, see, lesbian porn doesn't do it for me. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't watched it in years. But I'm just saying, two women together. I mean, that's... Yeah, but but if there's a possibility that I could possibly be involved, okay, that's fine. But if it's actual two lesbians... They yeah. want absolutely nothing to do with me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I've always wondered why, as a general rule, men will watch lesbian porn, two women together, but women don't watch gay porn with two guys together. Why don't they oh, find no, double I, I what some, they like? But, be, but there are know. some women that like it, but most women don't. You're absolutely right. Yeah. What's that about? I don't get it. I've heard women say, women who don't like two men, they don't like it because that's not what, like, physically... That's what they like. They like a hard body and, and, you know, big penis and all that sort of thing. But the fact that these are, they're male, but to them, they're not men, quote unquote, the way they think of men as being macho and all that sort of thing. So yeah. that that's kind of why they, they've said they don't like it. Interesting. It's similar to a minority of women like going to male strip clubs, having a Chippendales dancer shake it in their face. Some women think that's awesome, but most women actually don't. So right. That's so right, dude. You know... <clears throat> I will tell you this right now, as Please. someone who's been to strip clubs with their future females, and also I've been to an event that was put on by a rock station I used to work for here in Boston that was called Dim Lizzie's Ladies Night, and it was like a Chippendales thing with like the dancers and everything. Yeah. I saw women at this event, not even at a, this was actually at a, like a bar in, in, in Boston, not even like a, a place where they would normally have strippers. These women did things with these male strippers that men could only dream that they could have done with the female strippers. Oh, like, yeah. I, they I start mean, blowing I them and jerking them off. Like, yeah. Giving full them, on the, sex. Sometimes, blowing them and, so. and everything. Yeah. I was I'm blown away by how they acted, you know? And there were some male strippers who do parties who, after a while, they're like, I had to stop doing it because those women 
are unhinged. They'll reach into your, your g-string and start like yanking on your dick and everything right. like that. Well, you're just a piece of meat, dude. At that yeah. point, right? I yeah, knew exactly. a guy in this town. There used to be a male stripper when he was younger, and he said. I could tell you tales of terrible things women did to me. Like, you know, it, they become unhinged in this setting, a certain portion of them that are into that thing. Now, this is now, a good point about, uh, should we all be treating the sexes equally? So if the, uh, the women patrons are blowing the uh, male dancer, why don't we get to uh, fool around with the female strippers? Right. I demand equality. I demand it. <laughs> right. Well, if you've, if you've ever seen, if you've ever been, to a party where they have a female stripper that comes to a, a party and I've been to bachelor parties with that. Yeah. Usually the security that accompanies those, those women would frown down upon that. <laughs> and then, and it doesn't matter how many guys are at that, that, um, that party. Yeah. When they see the security that comes with that, that woman, yeah. nobody's going to try anything because <laughs> the, that dude would like wipe everybody out. Yeah. Well, and that's what should happen. The last thing on my list I'll throw out real quick as to why people aren't religious in this modern time, busy lifestyles. And really think about that. I mean, don't you have better things to do on your Sunday morning, football, sitting around drinking coffee? Like, who's got the freaking time to dedicate to religious services anymore? Uh, Well, you're under the assumption that it's a negative experience. I mean, from your perspective, it would be. But there's a lot of people who like to go and you know what? It's almost like a therapy session where like sometimes you get done with therapy and think like, oh, got a lot off my chest, got a lot off my head. Like uh, it was a good session. And some people look at going to church in that way. Yes, but the numbers are dwindling, and this all of these reasons are contributing. But, yeah, I mean, Sunday morning, you really want to go to church? I don't know. You don't. But I, Some I was, people do. When was the last <laughs> time either of you set foot in a Sunday morning church service? Uh, Sunday, Sunday morning? Yeah. Been a long time. Now, I will tell you that when I was a teenager, I started to go to Mass on Saturday night at 4 o'clock. Because you are in and out in a half hour. No singing, no crap, nothing like that at all. And I can sleep in on Sunday mornings. <laughs> well, know? so that bodes to what they're saying. Like, who's got time for all the singing and stuff? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, Before, but, but, maybe pre-COVID, uh, I would. I went to church at least one, one day out of the month. Uh, one Sunday out of the month. Really? Yeah. And it, it, it was my mom liked to go, so I would take her to you know church uh, she didn't have my dad to take her anymore so I've, i would take uh, her you know catholic guilt i get it just mommy love dude <laughs> yeah mommy exactly. love that's exactly what that was there was no guilt involved if i wouldn't have taken her i would have had catholic guilt yeah. <laughs> right well yeah. that's what i'm saying you're trying to avoid the guilt so yeah well, this is interesting. I mean, you know, religion's a, a fun topic. And I'll, I'll just reiterate again, those of you that have religion because it gives you something to believe in, it gives you some inner strength to draw from, it makes sense in bad times that God works in mysterious ways, like more power to you. That's great. Just don't wave it in my face. Don't use it to cast judgment on others and preach morality to gay people. Like, you know, religion is a dick. It's fine if you have one. Just don't go waving it around out in public. Thanks, Steve. It's my two cents. Uh, I think it's worth about and That's four. what it's worth. <laughs> I think it's I'd give it at least a four, four dollars, okay. dude. All right. Yeah. One of these days I'll reach a nickel. So 
You will. Uh, didn't somebody, Steve used to spout off religious opinions, and this old lady was listening to him and debating with him back and forth one day. And Steve went off on this like five minute rant and never took a breath, by the way. And she was like, Who put a quarter in you? <laughs> like, like, how do I stop this? Yeah. <laughs> I went on my famous rant of, you know, uh, if there's the God, he's not the president of some insider's club. He's not short on money. He doesn't need you to show up at his house and worship him. And yeah, this old lady was like, God, who put a quarter in you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, that'll do it. Another episode of The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. Please see us on our webpage. What is it? TheVocalMinority.net. That's right. Uh, we were offered the Vocal.Kids today. What the hell is that from uh, GoDaddy? <laughs> I got that email. The Vocal.Kids? No, are you That's making creepy. that up? No, I'm not making it up. You swear to God. I, I'll pull up the email. And show it to you. <laughs> like, That's like a pedophilia thing. Dude. Why? Why would you want .Kids as your domain? Like, Are you a sex offender? No. Keep your website, dude. That's your website, yes. <laughs> Find us online, TheVocalMinority.net, and... Uh, uh, any of the social medias, pedophile free. Thank you and good night, Bruski. Please, if you will. Goodbye, Bruski. And we say bye bye. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop.